0: Key Biscayne Stories collects the history of our beautiful island. This is your host Alejandro Cervalli and I am a certified Key Rat for many, many years and counting. Join me and you will get to know your neighbors and their love for this slice of paradise we call home. So stay tuned, relax, and enjoy these great Key Biscayne Stories. Welcome to another episode of Kiwi Skein Stories. Today we have here Bruna Iasi. Yes. She is a thing <laughs> I practiced before. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> Thanks. And she is a mom. She is passionate about education and kindness and works at Motivating Minds. So and this we're going to we're going to get to know you. So let's get started. Yes, tell us me. a little bit about your background. Where are you originally from? Okay,
1: so I grew up in Sao Paulo, Brazil, and I moved here almost eight years ago. It's going to be eight years in November. Oh my God, time flies. And I used to be a nutritionist in Brazil. I worked for 10 years as a nutritionist there. And then I moved here and I was a mom, for only a mom for seven years. And during this period, I started to love education as my kids went to school. So I was PTA president for three years in the Presbyterian. And then I started to study and study about education. I did some trainings. And now I changed my career. And almost 40, I changed to a reading teacher. That's my new passion.
0: And you, you are not only a mother to little humans, you're yes. a mother to a, a small, to a pair of guinea pigs that are, are pregnant.
1: Oh yes, I have two kids and two <laughs> guinea pigs, and I'm um, a grandma to be of a guinea pigs' uh, babies. I like that. Miss <laughs> <laughs> Bell is super pregnant, so as soon as she gets babies, I send news, so our friend here can keep everybody posted. And how many babies a guinea pig can birth at a time?
0: We will we will update our listeners via Instagram, please, whenever you have updates on Ms. Bell's progress.
1: Oh, I'm gonna send you a picture,
0: please. Thank you, thank you. I will I will share that. And when you purchased, when they were purchased, they were you were told that they were not supposed to. They were they were they were just partners. They were just hang out together.
1: Yeah, because they cannot live by themselves. And it's true. If you take one off off the cage, they scream that they want the other one. So they are siblings but this is nature and she is gigantic <laughs> almost bringing happiness to my life
0: <laughs> <laughs> more responsibility i love it yes just a little it. more
1: life is so easy already so i can handle remember i'm a cancer girl so a zodiac say cancer is the mother of zodiac so i can do it
0: oh that's good to know I yeah to
1: i love zodiac so cancer oh. is the mother of zodiac that's why i'm a teacher most of teachers cancer because we were born to help a child well
0: i'm i'm a cancer too i'm a border 20 on june 22nd so that's the third day
1: almost the oh. gemini right mm-hmm. almost the gemini but it's a cancer yeah so that's why we do interviews that's why we like people because we're cancer
0: oh awesome look at that the yes. more you know
1: yes i love it
0: <laughs> and this is this is around the time that your family gets home from from wherever they're doing
1: yeah today they they were in play dates in different houses because they are grown enough. They are eight and six, really big kids.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome.
1: But they were in the morning. I was doing a camp where I work. So they were with me. So the afternoon I say, okay, you can fly a little bit.
0: So tell me where did this passion for uh, education came? Because you, you mentioned you were a nutritionist. In, in Brazil. Now you're here yes. with your family, you know, but now at Motivating Minds, you're there, you're teaching tutoring and education. Yes. So where that passion came from?
1: Okay. So I, I, as a child, I didn't think I was good enough. I have a super smart brother that the that in first of the classroom had all the awards. He was amazing. I don't discuss it, but I was not amazing as him. So I had like, I think I have a little bit of, ADHD because I had a hard time concentrating. My grades were not good, and then right now that I grow up, I grew up and they say, okay, I can study. Okay, I get lost at sometimes. I daydream, but I know how to uh, regroup myself. And but so I grew up thinking I cannot learn English because in Brazil I had English classes. I did English grades for my entire life, but I never moved forward. And. So, I think I cannot learn English, learn things are hard. I don't like geography, all these bad things. And it really affects my self esteem. Mm. So, when I grew up and I went through a lot of mental, hard things after motherhood, that you say, okay, I need to rethink about myself, remake myself after this, so many changes. I uh, say, okay, what's the real problem? I really cannot learn, or I can try to do better. So I just find my way and I say, oh, this is so good to think you were capable of doing something. It's so good to speak English after so many years. Everybody's saying I was bad at it. So it's so good to conquer something. And I said, "Mm, you know what? My big passion in life is reading. If you're going to find me in the pool, I'm going to have a book in my bag if it's not in my hands. If you find me in Starbucks, it's going to have a book in my bag or in my hands. Like I always have a book around. I'm a really a bookworm. So, at some point, and when my daughter started to read, I said, Why? It looks so easy. Like she did it so well. Oh, it's amazing when we were reading together and all of this. And then I start to see that some kids couldn't. And I said, You know what? Something's wrong. Like, I, I cannot see these kids that can't enjoy this amazing thing that opened a world for you that you learned so much. So, I'm a biography type of person. So I love to read about other people and I've learned so much with this. So how is it possible for a child to not be able to learn so much and feel that they are not capable and at some point maybe drop off the school? Like it's not fair. So it go all together of seeing my, my daughter going up and learning to read and see that other people maybe can't. And all my past story came all together and say, okay, maybe I cannot change the world. But if I can help one kid, it's gonna be enough to make me happy. So I start to search how to be a reading specialist. That's what I, I'm finishing my dyslexia certification right now. So it's what I do. I do intervention. I, I, I like to get the kids that are having a hard time to read, and I do a different type of instruction to help them to find their way on the reading and get better and move forward and feel capable. And it's usually build again the self esteem for me is the main reason of a better society in the future people that feel they are capable they are good that they're creative they can conquer the world you know just give power for the kids to feel they are good enough so this came my love for education
0: that's awesome when we were doing the pre the pre podcast chat the warm up the warm up you mentioned that you can you can tell how many People you're gonna have in jail based on the reading, right? Yeah. So sometimes
1: you can, um, you can. Um, it's not
0: uh, statistics I, or tell. You can predict.
1: Predict. Thank you. I, I was trying to find a word in English. This is a bilingual problem. Problem. Sometimes you
0: could say it. In, you can <laughs> say it in Portuguese. So.
1: Okay. Thank you. <laughs> so you can predict uh, how many people are gonna have in jail by your reading rates, because usually when you have a low reading rate. A lot of these kids we're going to drop off before high school. So if they don't have education, they are not going to find jobs, probably, if they don't go to high school. So then we're going to find another bad ways of surviving. Mm. So then you can predict your inmates in a city by your reading rates. And if you see in a, in a jail, around 50% of people in jail are dyslexic. So it's really sad because it's just they didn't find a way to do anything else you know like if you can't read you cannot really buy a cake mix and make it because you can't read how to do it no it's really frustrating Mm. and frustration can bring a lot of bad stuff from anyone you know so this is really but we're going to share a good number this is the bad number but the good number the good statistic because we cannot finish a sentence with these bad numbers we're gonna talk like about the good numbers that are 60% of self-made millionaires are dyslexic. Ha!
0: Uh, perfect. So we're gonna
1: finish this part of statistics if a good one.
0: I like it. I like it. That's a good, that's a good, that's a good way to do it. So yes. talking about dyslexia, that's the word. Yes. Right? So for those that don't know, what is dyslexia exactly?
1: Dyslexia would be called word blindness. So is when some kids that have perfect vision and everything its a super healthy kid that can't read the words the way it's usually instructed in schools. In schools, you just believe that kids learn to read by learning to read the way they learn to walk. But our brains were really not made to read. It's something that we conquer over the time. So a really big percentage of the kids we're going to have hard time reading and we only have between 5 and 10% of the kids that are dyslexic, that they really can't read a word unless you really teach them with a structure and a systemic way. So in their brains, instead of both sides of the brains, right, right and left, working at the same time, they have usually only the right. If you do an MRI, you know, so they did studies that you can see. So you see the brain of a dyslexic kid. The only the right side is activated right there reading. So they don't have this connection with both sides. So they need to need, need, need to do a new pathway to reading. So we know how to do it. You have instruction, but it's a different type of instruction that is going to make this new pathway in the brain for the kids to learn to make the connections. Because if you're thinking in the alphabet, alphabet is just the way you say the sounds, you put it in the reading things. So with what do you call... Phonemes, that are what you say, and graphemes, that are what you write. So some kids don't have this connection. So we need to teach them to make the connection of what they say and what they write. So one of the red flags of dyslexic kids is that they usually they had hard time to start to speak when they are a child, because it's all about the speaking used to be hard for them, not only after in the reading. It's really have really big red flags since little kids hard time to speak, hard time rhyming, uh, hard time to remember lullabies or like this super easy songs like Twinkle Twinkle Little Star mm. because it's all about rhyming and they have a hard time with the rhyming. They don't understand the rhyme. They can really, can't really can really listen it. So we work as kind of a physiotherapy working with the sounds every day make making manipulation of the sounds in the words so we don't want to teach them the alphabet we do different uh, way twisted words we use the like we touch sometimes the arm to teach a sight word um i i use for example i show them a letter and they need to tell me so they're gonna see it and then they're gonna speak at the same time so you're using two different um sensory ways at the same time and then i say a sound for example the the sound is p- and the kid go and say oh leather pieces p right they write it So we have a mood sensory way of teaching the reading. And this make different connections in the brain because it's mood sensory. So use a different sense to do the same thing that in school is just like, look at the word and remember which word is this or like a little instruction about it, but not using a whole body that some kids just need. I
0: mean, I have no idea that this is, this is awesome and this is what you i I was thinking about how you went from being told you can't speak english to now being here not only speaking english very well by the way (laughs) (laughs) to to teaching people struggling speaking
1: so you know this is this is what i think the books really helped me one thing that helped me a lot in the English was reading books. I remember until today that when I was in Brazil, I got like a, an English book. You know, we go to the library and, and say, oh, the, to the bookstore, I gotta buy this English book because I know how to speak English. Everybody say that I can't, but I can't. No, 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 no. I couldn't. I remember until today, I couldn't go after the first page. So when I was here and I'd say, okay, I'm going to read a book in English. It was so hard, so painful. Like, I remember the dictionary on my side. Okay, which word does it mean? What? It was hard to understand by the context and learn. But now, if you ask, if you see my books, it's all in English. And when I read a translated book in Portuguese, that sometimes I buy a book translated, I just can't read anymore because now I can understand the translation and how wrong sometimes is this translation. Mm -hmm. Because just trying to find words that you know now, I can make this relation. So, and this is amazing. We are, we are here, we are raising bilingual people. So their brains, already, their brains of these kids is already amazing. You know, we are raising so many bilingual kids. This is so awesome. So they can do a lot of stuff. But the kids that have hard time reading, uh, as I was telling you before, it's hard because they get frustrated and frustration can make us act out or sometimes we don't want to show. So, um, that I just told you about a movie that on the yes. movie, share, yes. please share,
0: share it with our guests. Uh, I, I have homework, by the way. Yes, guys. Homework I have two. I have two. I have a book to read. I have a book called The Outliers,
1: yes, right, from Oval
0: which is about the 10,000 hours.
1: Yeah, that you need to is something to get good.
0: And then I have a movie called Like Stars on Earth,
1: yes. And on this movie, you're gonna see that. The teacher called the kid like, oh, can you read this for me? And he like,
0: he just looked at
1: the page and I don't know how to read. So he like, and the teacher got so mad at him and everybody laughed. But he was just acting out, not to make fun of the teacher, but he just couldn't and he was so frustrated and and nobody understood his issues. And this movie is really beautiful because you see the boy getting so depressed, but then a teacher bring the shine again, from him, it, it's really beautiful. Like, everybody's going to cry, but it's worth to watch and understand it because, you know, another is a bad statistic, but bad, but we can make it better if we work on it, is 90, around 90% of the teachers doesn't know about dyslexia. So, wow. this is really sad, you know, like teachers doesn't know about dyslexia. So, how they can help it if they don't know about it? It's not even the teacher's fault. It's not even Sometimes not even the system fault, but they don't even know because the bachelor in education don't teach about dyslexia, don't have any course about
0: dyslexia.
1: Hmm. So I'm doing a dyslexia certification, but most of the people that are with me in the certification, they didn't have any class about, about dyslexia
0: before, zero. Would you consider this to be a standard in education now? Should it be part of the course? Like it should be like you graduate, you you do this in school.
1: Because if you only have like special ed teachers, really apart from teachers, how can you see a red flag in your classroom in a nice and correct way? If you don't know that this is a red flag of a real disability, Mm. you need to be aware about something to understand something. If you're not aware, you're just going to understand it in a different way. You know, if you were aware that dyslexia can make this and this and this and this, you're going to say, oh my God. Like I can see on my students when they start to get frustrated, when they start to act out, when they start to jump around or anything that they do in my classroom, I understand why they're doing it and I can speak with them. Okay you were frustrated now, you were mad at me because I know that it's hard, but you know that's hard for everybody and you know that we need to work on this. That's going to make a break. Like I can read my students, but if you cannot, because I know what they need from me, but if you don't know what they need from you because you don't even know that this exists, you know, the system starts to get really messy and, and it's just a big problem. So what we can at least do is teach about dyslexia for who we know and you know some people are going to say oh my god maybe my kid is dyslexic i was watching um um, an interview with mr wonderful the um the shark stank guy Uh,
0: is is he the the bold guy
1: yes okay (laughs) yes i'm gonna send you the interview after yeah and he's dyslexic and he cries in the interview saying how hard it was for him And when he was a child and he couldn't read. And now he's Mr. Wonderful, you know, in Shark Tank and millionaire. So we have so much, so many millionaires. I was telling you, like the JetBlue founder, IKEA founder. We have Whoopi Gopers, Steven Spielberg, Albert Einstein, Leonardo da Vinci. A lot of amazing dyslexics around. So we need to start to understand who is outside this little box. Because even outside the box, we're going to have really amazing people. We just need to understand that the box needs to be a little bit bigger to everybody fit in the box. If we're going to have a box or just to take the box out and that's going to understand that we are all different people, you know, my, me and my brother, my genius brother. So if you put me in the same box as my brother, oh my God, poor me.
0: <laughs> well, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure you got gotten far but uh, i like you know i like what you said i think that if people if teachers included this in their education they could identify uh, oh this kid is acting up because it could be this less. this less yes. wow maybe i have this but i can't even say it i'm not going to say it
1: dyslexia
0: dyslexia okay Dyslex.
1: is with an x dyslexia
0: dyslexia i said
1: it you did it Woo! Good, good job. Graduated. <laughs> I'm good in <to> feedback.
0: <laughs> thank you, thank you. I have a question. You said our brains are not made for reading. Yes. I was curious. Can you yes. expand
1: on that a little bit? Yes. So when you think about uh, human beings, we were made to walk. Like nobody needs to teach you to walk. You just learn to walk, right? Mm. You don't need to learn to breathe. You just born. You get born and breathe. Nobody teach you to crawl, nobody teach you to eat, nobody teach you to run. It's like some abilities that you just have. But why we need to teach you to read? If it was innate, if it was born with you, the ability to read, nobody need to teach you to read. So our brains were really not developed because how many years human beings are in the world? So at that point, we didn't have reading uh, languages. It was developed between signs and then getting to the alphabet. And we still have different types of alphabets around the world. So we were really not made how many millions of years ago to read. But now we need to read a lot. So that's why maybe like soccer, some kids, we're going to just play soccer beautifully without any help, like the reading, but some we're going to need instruction, for gymnastics to swimming to soccer for everything that we were really not born to do but we are able to do we just need some of us we're going to need instruction instruction for something that others don't need why reading would be different than all the sports and everything else like math we need instruction for math so if you think yeah. reading is the same we just don't think reading is so taken for granted because it's getting so easily because we have a thing that it's just a beautiful name, but I love to say it. The orthographic mapping. That's just the way our brain looks at the word and read it. You don't think about it. You read cranon Boulevard and we're not realizing we're reading Crandon Boulevard. You know, we're just reading Crandon Boulevard.
0: I mean, I can read most of the words I've written down, except dyslexia. Ah, got it. <laughs> you got it. You see? You see? Every brain can be trained. You see? <laughs> I've You learning just need the correct
1: else. instruction. And you know, that is the X, the X sound.
0: See, it works. It still works. I can see it. I can see. I love it. I love it. I like, I'm glad that, I am glad that, that this is happening, that there's specialization. I want to say this is something that should have been a standard, but um, I'm glad that there's people like yourself that are specializing it and, and helping people identifying that need and helping people that way
1: yeah i think it's you know everybody can be bright and everybody can be amazing and even if you have a hard time to read if you're dyslexic and maybe you're not going to be fluent as everybody else you need to have the correct accommodations in the school so you don't need to rush to read or maybe you're going to have extended time for a test because you can read you can answer the questions but you need more time Uh, you need to be you need to feel capable about it you know like you were capable, everybody is, you just need the correct instruction. And then sometimes it's hard to find the way to correct instruction because the truth is reading interventionist, especially in Miami, I think we have a lot of Latin people and the English is not so, I, I don't know why, but it's really not something super easy to find. It's not because I do it, but if mm-hmm. you go up like New York, is much easier. And it's really interesting when I have kids come from New York, they, have, they are so different the way they think, the way the school works. So I went to do a research, like why New York kids are so bright in the school stuff. So do you know that you, the like average amount that we spend when in Miami, state school's kids is $10,000, but New York spend $19,000 a year per kid. So if no. you have more money, for the kids you should spend for kid you're going to hire maybe better teachers better interventionists because every kid that have a red flag and you're going to show up in the assessments that they have a problem with reading they should get intervention at school they should have it for at least three times a week you know but most of the schools don't even get should like get the assessment but you don't find an interventionist because you don't pay well or Whatever you don't find, you just don't find them, you know. So it's really sad. But as I said, I'm not gonna move the mountains, but we can try to help some kids.
0: Because I mean, with with the passion and energy, I think you are a mountain that's moving. You yeah, know? let's gonna so... try
1: a revolution. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I'm gonna isn't... get the
1: revolution. I'm gonna get there. <laughs>
0: No, this is awesome. I I I I like this episode because we are learning a lot. I am learning a lot about, I mean, about what you do and and the need for reading interventionists and and you know, I mean, I don't have kids, so I'm not involved. Um, but it's this is good to know for a lot of people. I'm sure a lot of people know what's out there.
1: But you you are in the society, so if we I don't raise. Know. No, no, the thing is you get affected because if you don't raise amazing human beings for the future of the society, you're gonna get affected as well. So think Mm. kids nowadays are gonna be grownups and they're gonna be the doctors, they're gonna be the engineers, they're gonna build the planes, they're gonna attend us in the the ER. So whoever we are building, they're gonna teach our kids one day, you know? Mm. So all society get affected. Even if you don't have kids, but everybody get affected the way our kids are being educated right now.
0: This conversation has been great. I know that we're running out of time, and I have one more question for you. What is a perfect weekend for you in Kibis Kane?
1: Okay, perfect weekend in Kibis Kane from Saturday to Sunday, because we have a lot of things that we do here. Like, I'm a yes. colony girl, so I would start my Saturday in the beach and sandbar until Uh the middle of the day, you know? And, oh, maybe we can, if it's rainy, we can stop by at the library with my kids. I love it. They know me there because I'm beer all the time. I love the library here. Uh, Starbucks coffee after lunch and see the sunset at Bilbex. This is the perfect day that I can reply all over again on sunday starting with the church in the morning and then do my lunch at sunbar again or milanesa that i love this new restaurant this Narbona, i just love this new restaurant it's so good i love it and i just can go every single day if i could to build bags to see sunset sunset's the best time of
0: Awesome. Bruna, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me before the podcast and to share your story here live. I mean, recorded live. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. It was such a pleasure. Same here.
1: Thank you.